Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, 2016 Year in Review, What Nintendo and Nintendo Don't. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host Mark Mitchell. Hey, how's it going, Patrick? Going pretty well, Mark. How are you? Pretty good. My mind is strong. My body is beginning to succumb to a cold, I think. Oh, to a cold, do you think? Yeah. Uh, do you normally get colds or uh, just sick around the holidays? I guess, uh, no, I don't think so. You didn't anticipate the end of that question No, at all, I did didn't. You? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um... What do we have a contingency plan if one of us gets sick and is unable to fulfill our duties? Yeah, then the other one of us has to do the show by themselves. Just talk for an hour and a half to two hours about <laughs> Nintendo. I think that's possible. Yeah, I think it could probably yeah. happen. Yeah, that that is not a uh, like that'd be fine. We'll bring on a guest host. Okay, that I think that that's probably what'll happen. Yeah, I just want to make sure we don't end up with like a constitutional crisis. Oh, sure. Okay, no, I understand. Like, so we should set it in stone. So we, we need people to go know back to and revise the bylaws. <laughs> Just we should let people know. Yeah, the official bylaws of the Nintendo Cartridge Society. Also, that is a mouthful. Every time we say Nintendo, Nintendo Cartridge, Cartridge Society, Society. I think I messed it up twice in the beginning. <laughs> I was like, coming up on this episode of Nintendo <laughs> always a mush mouth experience uh, mark the weather just briefly oh bitter cold at it night. is cold bitter cold um i didn't work today because uh we are coming to you from the third night of hanukkah um so it, it would uh, everything's closed basically yeah um and so i was like i'm gonna go for a run and i'm gonna go for a run in the middle of the day when it's the warmest and i won't be cold and uh it, w- it was still kind of cold yeah um traffic is great though oh yeah and i don't want this to slide into a a traffic report being another right official unofficial segment but let's get an update on traffic (laughs) (laughs) it's greater on the holidays it is greater on the holidays also i feel like from now until like the summer it stays pretty good Mm, i disagree all right but but respectfully i respectfully disagree i'm tired of you disrespectfully disagreeing (laughs) with me (laughs) Uh, Mark, let's uh, let's move into the debug uh, so we can address some issues that uh, we maybe didn't address properly last week. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, if you have any uh, any debug, any uh, tips or things that we did wrong uh, in the previous episode or any episode or this episode, great. Send us an email, uh, which is Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com and uh, just let us know everything that we're doing wrong. And, uh, you know mumbling our way through cartridge is not going to count as a, as a mistake yeah only because we would get so like those emails would just be constant right and we know we're aware we know we're, we're trying to fix it last week we talked about super mario run mm-hmm. um and uh in 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 discussing the uh various levels that you could do in toad rally i guess we neglected to mention the sky levels where you're running across the um the mushrooms I guess that was one that we left out. Um, I, Mark, you think we may have actually mentioned it? No, no, no. I am st- like trying to remember these levels, the Toad Rally levels the game. So, are wait, are they? Are we? We're talking about like the ones where like the mushrooms are 
you're the like platforms yeah exactly oh oh yeah 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 yeah. I'm, yeah yeah i believe we didn't mention those like that it's i you, believe that you get three red toads and two green toads in in them <laughs> i've been playing a lot of super mario <laughs> how many toads do you have how many toads do I have? Yeah. Over 5,000. Wow. It looks like you can only get 9,999. That's correct. We are, we're going to talk a little bit more. Oh, right, right, right. Right, right. 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 Um, but uh, one, one more thing that we um, uh, neglected to talk about last week um, was uh, the need to always be online. Yeah. And I actually had it. I think both of us had it affect us. Yeah, you bet. I was taking the metro downtown. Would have loved to pull it out for that like twenty minute train ride. Could not do so because there's no cell service in the in the metro. subway tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was stuck overnight at LAX on Wednesday night. Ugh. Yeah, it was in, in the like crappy under construction terminal at United. Um, and I would have liked to play um, Super Mario Run all night. But, uh, you know, I've got a finite amount of data, and I w- didn't. I just, so I just didn't. <laughs> I, I did other things. I listened to podcasts. And, and the Wi-Fi there is terrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, it, where I was, it actually wasn't even available. Oh, great. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, apologies for those things that we missed about Super Mario Run. Um, the, like, persistent online makes sense if you're doing Toad Rally, obviously. Yeah. But if you're just doing the tour... It doesn't make any sense to me. No. You should be able to access it otherwise. And like the kingdom. Uh, the kingdom builder? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I guess there's the store aspect that you would, that's really the only reason to go yeah. to your kingdom. But no, like it really is, uh, if I were reviewing this on like a number scale, I would definitely dock probably like a full, a full like, point point for always online. Uh, well, let, let's talk a little bit about what we've been playing. Um, I think we've both been playing some Super Mario Run. Yeah, I just—I mean, I guess I—I'm not changing our topic. I'm just saying that we're we're yeah, transitioning yeah, yeah. into what we're playing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, you so you dock at a whole point. You say I think so. Mm-hmm. Like it's really because it has two things against it. One, you can't play when it's online if you're not online, right? Which that blows, and you and it takes a not insignificant amount of data. Yeah. And it totally drains your battery. It definitely drains your battery. So yeah. all of these things, I would say, are significant flaws that uh, take away from the experience. Yeah, almost to the point of making it not mobile. Yeah. Like, I, I've, I've played... the Most of it that I've played, I've played at sitting at this table in my home. Um, mind you, I've put a lot of time into it <laughs> sitting at this table in my home. But, yeah, I, I, I wish it was more more mobile than it, than it actually is. Yeah. And I'm hope I hope it's something that they will reconsider for the future, although they seem to be very concerned about piracy. So yeah. w- with good reason. Yeah. Um so I don't think that's going to happen, but it's I didn't think it was going to bug me as much as it did. Yeah, it's it's a bummer. Um how uh how how much have you been playing? What have you been working on? I'm I'm just working my way through um the coins like getting the coins i haven't been do i'm really bad at toad rally and we oh yeah yeah we and we talked about last week that uh they weren't going to add any new features but they added that the friend rush yeah they added friend rush and there was like holiday content yeah so like with for i haven't done it yet but what friend rush is 
like it it works like toad rally mm-hmm. but so you can if you're like how did my friend get so many points or like so many coins yeah you how did you impress so many toads exactly you get to see your friend go through it and everything you earn it, none of it counts towards your totals but and it just you like, also don't you, lose anything you don't lose anything so it's a it consequence like, free it's practice yeah, it's like basically. learning yeah. um and i think that's a great idea mm-hmm. um but yeah i so i've been spending most of my time just like doing the coins because it's the part that i or like playing through the levels because mm-hmm. it's the part that i enjoy the most yeah um i've uh i got really into the like loop of getting all the stuff um i i currently have <clears throat> the princess's cake i have earned the cake no uh is it an item that goes into your kingdom it is an item that goes in your kingdom you don't get to place it it goes like right in front of the castle basically oh. do you have like the full castle now uh i think so i don't, I don't know how much bigger the, the castle gets um you know, we've got like fifty two hundred toads at this point. Wow. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of toads. Sarah's ahead of me by a little bit. My girlfriend is a little bit ahead of me at the moment. Um, on toads. Uh oh, and thank you for to the people who added us as friends. Did oh, you yeah. get like friend I got some yeah. friend requests. It's great, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I love seeing how other people are doing. I love seeing um like familiar names and faces popping up in toad rally like that's that's super fun yeah and we'll uh include our friend codes in the description of this episode as well if you'd like to add us we'd love to have you as friends yes and you would love to have us as friends you would love it (laughs) uh i also um just yesterday finished collecting all the black coins that's impressive because i've some of them are really tough i've been going i'm still i still have a few more purple Mm -hmm. that i need to get um because yeah, I've been doing it just like level by level. Yeah. And so after I got all the pink, now I'm like working my way through to get all of the purple. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I find it so much more, and maybe I I don't love competitive like that kind of like. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why I'm having more fun in the tour. Yeah. But I again like I definitely feel like I'm getting my money's worth. Yeah. I mean, I like that there. There basically are two different ways to play the game, and I, either that more like explorey, uh, mm-hmm. finding the coins, or the just the toad rally. And not to keep coming back to this, but if it wasn't online, I'd be. I genuinely think I'd be playing it much more. Sure. Uh. All right. Um. What. What else? What else have you been playing, Mark? Well, mine isn't Nintendo related. So oh do you want to go first? <laughs> do you want to go first, and then I will. Uh, uh, do mine at the end sure. when it's not important. At the end of everything, <laughs> like an hour and a half from now, <laughs> yeah, I'll leave the room <laughs> after like the end, like theme and like the what's a create a yeah. podcast network, and then like yeah. I'll get like ten seconds to like scream out what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that won't happen. We'll talk about it. Now. Uh, so I I played almost all the way through Super Mario World on my 3DS while uh, stranded at LAX this last week. Um, just a reminder that that game's amazing, and um, if you know you're not going to be able to sleep when you're staying staying at an airport all night, playing Super Mario World is a totally viable alternative. Super Mario World's another one of those interesting, or like you see the f- design philosophy in current Mario in Super Mario World, where it's like getting through it uh, any particular level in Super Mario World is not, not the most tough. difficult. Yeah. Where, like, the challenge comes from is finding all the secret mm-hmm. exits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's similar to even just, like, Super Mario Run, where it's, like, getting through a level of Super Mario Run is not challenging. It's collecting all the... coin, Like, going back and doing it again. Right. And that's different from, like, the Marios up to Super Mario Brothers 3, 
where it it really was just about getting through the levels. Yeah. Well, and there's something so rewarding about like the the way the game rewards you for finding the secret exits is you get more levels and just like more stuff to see. Mm-hmm. I don't know the 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 little world that the um that the map you know of of the world map is just so compelling and cool and finding different paths and the star road and all of that it's all just yeah and seeing, man, the, and seeing the world change when you yeah like find a new thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's like when, when when you launch that castle and it uh, hits the 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 hill like in the head and it gets a little band aid <laughs> it has that band aid forever <laughs> man that's good. Um, I also played a little bit, uh, this was on, on the airplane, played a little bit of Kid Icarus Uprising. Now, I have not played this. So I've had it on my 3DS for a long time. Um, and whenever I'm like, oh, I should play that game, I usually can do about a level or two before I get like kind of a mix between like frustrated and bored. I assume it, it's you're not using the like, because didn't isn't this like what the pro like that weird like cradle that the Oof, 3ds if, had was like because isn't the controls kind of difficult yeah you're con- just playing with the stylus the controls are kind of busted um so you 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 play the game with the stylus and the analog like slider thing so like your left hand is holding it like you're playing a, a regular game did and- it not get a new 3ds update so you can't use like the nub no, or something you can't there's mm. no so like there are a bunch of other control schemes in the game like that that it offers you but there's no like what you really need to have is a, a dual stick control scheme and even with the the boat the old uh uh pro thing whatever it was called yeah i can't remember pro, yeah um that you still couldn't it's still you couldn't do that oh so like you're controlling pit on the screen with the analog stick with your left hand and the reticle where he's firing with the stylus. So is it like a sin and punishment? Is a lot of it like a sin and punishment style, like like on rails shooter type thing? Yeah. So the first half of every level is a flying on rail shooter, a la St- <coughs> Star Fox, basically. Um, and all of that is very spectacular and looks really cool. And like the voice acting is good, and some of the writing is even pretty funny. Um, but and then you land. And then you're on foot, and so you're sort of like controlling the camera with the stylus and pit with the um, analog stick. Um, but like he's moving around in a 3D space, so that like you have to be tending to the camera like all the time. Um, so you're still basically steering with the camera too, where where with the stylus. It's. It, I wish they would patch it with uh, with controls that worked or just like put it on the wii u or something and, and then let me use the controls that work you know i, I have heard that the, that the game itself is really fun yes i and i i'm sure there's some hopes out there that like maybe it'd be cool to see it on the switch sure yeah that would be great actually if they put it on the switch and just let you do dual analog because six. as is it just sounds like from what you're describing and from what i've seen it just seems not worth the not unplayable just not worth the effort yeah. to, that it takes to experience it yeah and you know it would be different if like there were a bunch of other games that controlled this way and like i just buckled down and was like i'm gonna learn how to do this but like i'm not i'm not gonna you know yeah the return is on one game so uh tell me about tell me about this not nintendo game <laughs> okay do, do we, should we put a time limit like i can only talk about no, it no, for no, like no. <laughs> <laughs> no, as will be evidenced uh, by a topic later in the episode, you know, we obviously uh, 
play are, video are games outside of. To, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, this is not like a hot new game. Tell me about the hot new game. You've <laughs> it's been not. Playing. It's not. Uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic got released on Android and iOS. Yeah. And so this is the original, like Chris Sawyer led uh roller coaster tycoon and roller coaster tycoon 2 so none of the garbage that is roller coaster tycoon 3 none of the garbage that is like roller coaster tycoon 4 you got a hard stop after two like they uh developers changed they're just very different games okay they like went into like 3d it's they just weren't for me. People love Roller Coaster Tycoon three, and I can respect that. I just love Roller Coaster Tycoon one and two, mm-hmm. so those are those the games for me. Ever universally, Roller Coaster Tycoon four is garbage. Okay, um, so you don't respect those people that like that <laughs> game. I don't think they exist. I just I'm just trying to infer <laughs> who you do and do not respect. Um, and the uh, so they're released. They come with. It's called Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic. It's impossible to find on the App Store. Like you have to type in Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic. <laughs> if you just type in Roller Coaster Tycoon, it does not come up, which is insane. Um, Discoverability is a, a problem on the App Store, and it's available on phone and and your, like iPads. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've only been playing it on my iPad. I cannot imagine uh, that it is. It, it seems very difficult to be to play on the phone just by the nature of like the meticulousness you have to have and like the oh, sure. all the, the menus and everything and, yeah uh but so chris sawyer who created these or who like led the creation of these games he worked on the uh on the these ports oh okay so they're done with love and like they've really gone in and optimized it as best they could for i for like phones for like yeah. touch screens and I, which I, I think would be a no-brainer, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of difficult because you have to be fairly precise because when you're designing things and setting things down, yeah. And also, it's like menu-driven, yeah, so yeah. you know, so it's made for a mouse and keyboard. So the fact that they've been able to translate it as well as they have to t- like it, it took a tiny bit of getting used to, but now it's just like I'm back in the habit, which is dangerous, yeah. Because I can like just hours into this these video games. It's five dollars. It has so much content because it has Roller Coaster Tycoon One and Roller Coaster Tycoon Two, the full game. So uh, combined they're, they're into like one se- game. Okay, perfect. That's yeah. what, that was my question. And then the uh, the two expansions, which is like Wild World and another one that I'm uh, blanking on right now, are available as in-app purchases. But other than that, that's the only in-app purchases, and I think they're only three dollars each. And then there's also like Pro Tools, where you can, if you buy the Pro Tools, you can import your saves from the pc game which we're talking about yeah into this version uh the pro tools are six dollars but it's such a good game i've just been putting so much time into it It really like takes me i got them for christmas when i was a kid and i would play these games for hours and i was kind of worried coming back to them because i don't have a they don't really run on anything anymore yeah definitely not on a mac so I was worried coming back that they wouldn't be as good, especially with the touchscreen controls. But they're amazing. If you've ever been interested in the games, I like cannot recommend it enough. Uh, are, are they Loopy Landscapes and Corkscrew Follies? No, those that's included. Those are different. Oh, yeah. those are okay. Um, like all that content is in there. It's like Wild World and like something about uh time. 
because you get like Roman themes and stuff like that. Um, well, we'll debug this next. Week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's been sucking up a lot of my like I had a day off and my boyfriend um like went to work and then we met up and all I had done that day was play ro- like roller coaster tycoon. <laughs> uh that that will happen. Is it wacky worlds and time twister? That sounds right. Okay. That sounds right. <laughs> okay. We'll we'll say that we'll say that that's it <laughs> and move on into the news. Not much this week because of the holidays. It'll be a short segment. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. It being a short segment. <laughs> well, good because we don't have an option. Uh, I mean, we could just, <laughs> we could just go over. We could make up other news. news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can start yeah. running fake news stories. <laughs> uh, well, this is not one. <laughs> Super Mario Run was downloaded after over 50 million times. Yeah, and we were all awarded like. 10 toad rally tickets yeah which i'm lousy with toad rally tickets maybe because i don't play it like are you ever like lower than like 80 i mean no i've i've been like every morning i'm at 99 basically um there are blocks that you can put in your kingdom that you can hit once a day that will give you sometimes it'll give you coins but it usually gives you at least five toad rally tickets sometimes as many as 30 so no i've never i've never been like oh no i need to i need to get more toad rally tickets it's never been a concern. But that's so many downloads. Yeah. 50, 50 million. The interesting thing is that over the past week, it has remained like the one or like first or second most downloaded app. Mm-hmm. As far as top grossing goes, it's dropped to around the fifth. Sure. Um, so like all the like the clash of games right. are above it and Pokemon Go is above it now. And I think some of that has to do with I think all those games have holiday promotions. Like like special mm, holiday okay. things that they're doing um, that I think kind of, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's also possible that, I, you know, just let fewer people are buying Super Mario Run, which also makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, Cause I mean, yeah, the, then you have to, you have to spend the $10, which is apparently still a barrier for people. So <laughs> you can't see it because since you're listening, but like the dismissive hand gesture Patrick <laughs> did when discussing <laughs> i thought i was conveying that in my voice <laughs> um yoshi's woolly world 3ds got a release date of february 3rd hey and there's a rumor that the wii u version may get the same content patched in yeah so yoshi's woolly world on the 3ds is supposed to have additional like uh poochie challenges or something the game is actually called uh poochie and yoshi's woolly world on the 3ds um and it is coming with a a Pucci amiibo made of yarn and is adorable. So I'm I'm get, I'm so gonna get that. <laughs> I'm very excited about it. Are you going to get the amiibo or like the, the whole game? Uh, Whoa, the whole game. It's it's all right. <laughs> if you because if, you're listening, you can't you can't see Mark struggle to fight back <laughs> a burp. <laughs> I can see it. Um, yeah, I, I if. The Poochie content is, in fact, going to be on the Wii U version. I probably won't get the uh, 3DS version because I have the Wii U now, version. They would have to do double the effort, which may or may not be a big deal. But it's like it's, it's not like the 3DS version and the Wii U version are compatible with each other. They would have to like, r- 
because going from the Wii U to the 3DS requires, I mean, I think, you know, like a significant amount of work. So they'd have to do that. Sure. Unless they made the Wii U version content, mm-hmm. extra content first and like down res it or all the work they do to make it a 3DS title. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I don't think there there are any new like graphical assets in the 3DS version, like in, in that new content. I don't think it's, I think it's just like arranging things and challenges. So, mm-hmm. the, you know, presumably they could use those same assets in the Wii U. Yeah. You know, I uh, have never, the developer of these are is good feel. It's oh, it's something like that. It's yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but I've like their games have never worked. Like I've I've for there's something about their games that I have never really appreciated. Like other people are able to appreciate. Like I wanted to like Kirby's Epic Yarn. I think they also did the Wario Land Shake It. Man, I like all all of those games. Yeah, I don't think they're bad games. They just for some reason I do. You know what I think it is is. I really enjoy platforming where I have a destination, like Mario style platforming, mm-hmm. where it's like I'm trying to get from one location to the other. And these games are much more like yeah. exploration based. Exactly. And like they're, you're not just going left to right. You're going like up, down, over. Like I know, I remember Wireland Shake It was a great looking game. Yeah. It was all like hand drawn animation. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with like uh, Epic Yarn. Like it looks so appealing. I wanted to like it. The actual gameplay mechanics, I just they've never like clicked for me. Sure, uh, yeah, man, I really liked Wario Land Shake It. I just it, I love the way you had to go back through the levels in reverse in like t- at top speed. Mm-hmm. That was so cool. <laughs> Such a cool way to like repurpose the space you've just been through. Um, and you're right, Good Feel is that what you said? Good Feel. Good Feel is correct. Great name. Great name. Good Feel. Uh. Chris Solentrop? Sure. Okay, great. Uh, and of course, if you want to correct any of our pronunciation, you can send an email to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. So he penned a New York Times op-ed piece this past week that the general idea was questioning the gender politics of Super Mario Run. Yeah, uh, he did. Um, Makes a lot of good points about uh, gender politics in video games or in media. Uh, seems weirdly opportunistic to uh, point this criticism at Super Mario Run. Yeah, I, I mean, we 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 have talked about we discussed this topic in previously talking about a boy and his blob. We kind of got off topic there and veered <laughs> into this topic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So maybe now we talk about. A boy in his blob <laughs> to balance things out, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know what there, I don't know what else there is to say. I, it's, it's, I, I think there's no question. Not that this makes it any better, right? Uh, whatever your thoughts on it, not that it makes it any better, but there's no question in my mind that it doesn't come from a place of malice. Yeah, which at some points in it, he te- intent, he like the author of this article tends to imply. Well, like it, the the article singles out uh, Miyamoto as uh, you know a, a, an offender of you know not having female playable characters in his game, which, like, I don't know the the idea that you know the the perspective the the game is it's okay for a game to have the perspective of its designer, and if that means a female designer is presenting a uh, a game with a female perspective or male whatever. Um, that like that doesn't like the the problem to me would be more in 
who has those opportunities in the first place, you know? And so, yeah, so singling out Miyamoto, um, I don't know, it seems, also, like, seems weird. Like you pointed out previously, it's like, he's a 60-year-old man yes. from Japan. Yeah. What do you think his gender politics are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, oh, so, and also, I will say that, I, to me, it's not an issue. The game is, this specific game is not so much an issue. I feel like some of this, because he specifically calls out that like him and his wife don't feel comfortable having their six-year-old daughter play this game because of the gender politics okay and to my mind that's a matter of parenting not a matter of the game because you can present any you can present a game like super mario brothers in the context of other media in the context of the world you can be like you don't have to be by handy by letting your daughter play this game you are the one choosing to send the message if that's what you choose that this is the only role role women can play yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I think it's also, it's it's weird to me that they wouldn't want to show their, they, a six-year-old has agency, right? Like, a six-year-old can be like, oh, they, there's there's no character in here that I identify with. I don't have to, you know, like, I, it, it's, <laughs> it seems weird to me that they think that uh, asking their six-year-old to play the game is, like, forcing those gender politics on her. Yeah. Or letting her their six year old daughter yes. play this game, not even like you know, like because if, yeah, if they're if you don't have to buy this game like for your six year old daughter, if your six year old daughter's like, can I play this? You can choose to say yes, but then you can also present her with other cartoons and media that show a different right, you know, like perspective, you know, or a different uh, different roles that women can play. It's also. And you know the the article does acknowledge that you can eventually play as the princess and Toadette. Um, I, I mean that's that's a third of the playable characters are are female. Like well, and also let's not forget that as we learned with uh, um, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, Treasure Hunter, Treasure Tracker, Treasure Tracker. Joe Toads are genderless. That's right. Toads are genderless. They just choose to. I mean, if anything. Oh that's... my god. Well, this is, <laughs> so this is my favorite thing. Not my favorite thing. One of the things I've enjoyed greatly about um, Super Mario Run. I'm I'm opening up the the app right now. The her character bio. I I believe it says. Oh no! I I want to I want to wait and and, and yeah, read it directly. Toads have no gender. That's so, right. So you know, like if uh, the, which is incredibly progressive that they're just like genderless creatures who like choose whatever they feel. Right. You know, they want to wear. It's like whatever they identify with, really. And the other thing I'll say is, and I, I write about this a lot when I'm reviewing comic books, mm-hmm. is you see, like, if, from my perspective, I see gay characters in comic books who are portrayed as very, like, flamboyant, for lack of a better term. Sure. And sometimes my initial reaction is like, oh, come on, like, there are... Uh, other types of um other types of gay men yeah like gay men but there are uh, like you know like people who are flamboyant and they deserve to see themselves represented in comics as well and that's how i feel about in some way about like this where it's like yeah not every princess wants to bake a cake for an italian plumber but some but of what them about do. the one that does? Yeah, and that person and that princess deserves to see themselves represented in games just as much as anybody else. 
the the toadette uh, bio says her pink pigtail set her apart from other toads. She's also the referee for Toad Rally. So it's her pigtails that set her <laughs> apart. <laughs> the pigtails that she elects to have. And oh man, that's great. Another note um, from the character bio. Um, Luigi is identified as Mario's twin brother. I didn't realize they were twins. I didn't realize they were twins either. That's new information, <laughs> I think. Uh, hey, we're done with the news. Slow news week, because, you know, Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mark, let's get into our topic, like our, our big main meaty topic for this week. And that is, of course, 2016, a year in review. Uh, let's talk about all the things that Nintendo did and all the things that came out Nintendo. Not all the things. There's a lot we're going to gloss There's over. There's a lot we're going to gloss over. Um, but uh, weird year for Nintendo, right? Yeah. It was very n- negative, I would say, in a lot of ways, until we hit about... I would say half of the year was extremely negative. Right. Financially, not a great year for Nintendo. Nope. But... Would you say things turned around uh, around episode one of Nintendo Cartridge Society? And would you say that we are solely responsible for Nintendo's successes in the last quarter of this year? I would, without reservation, Mm -hmm. say that both these things are true. All right. We did a good job. We did it. Do we we stop now? Stop that? I mean, well, here's the real problem, is that now... Uh, since we've made this like correlation here. Oh no, are we solely responsible for Nintendo's success or failure? Absolutely, yes. So heavy is the crown. Heavy is and the head wearing it. <laughs> or the, pair, the Every, pair of heads. Everything's heavy. Yeah, everything's, everything's heavy. Everything's heavy. Uh, so I think Nintendo's the 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 what makes the year so weird is that Nintendo's biggest successes seemingly come from places that we don't expect to see nintendo successes like some of them yet there are like handheld successes and a couple of um no i'll just leave it there um but like everything else is a surprise like uh the ios games are successful and that had never been a thing before um and then also just like these auxiliary pieces of hardware are successful um, and not, none of that has been part of Nintendo's MO at all. Right. And, and I also think that, um, well, let's just get into it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about these iOS games. So first iOS game that comes out, Mitomo, March 17. I didn't download it until September when right. we started talking about doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. And... I kind of think it's bad. Like, I think it's a dog. Yeah, I mean, I, I do too. Um, people were into it, though, and we're playing it. I, I don't think anyone has, like, gone back to it or anything like I that. I think the idea behind it is so Nintendo. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, we made a social network for people who don't like to be social. So you're not sharing information. You're sharing that information. You're just, like, answering a few questions. And then we are sharing that information with your friends. Right. And then you get to, like, see your friend do something silly and also you have a house i don't know man (laughs) i don't know i don't understand it i Uh, tried i downloaded it like went through the tutorial and tried to invite a friend found it so user unfriendly to use the entire experience 
Yeah. It was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know like how I'm supposed to do it. And then promptly never played it ever again. So maybe not the most successful in, 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 in that in that game. Um, but the next game, which doesn't actually have the Nintendo name on it. Um, Pokemon, not developed by Nintendo. Not developed by Nintendo. Pokemon Go uh, came out July 6th um, in the U.S. Obviously, Pokemon Go was a huge cultural moment um, where everyone was re-interested in Pokemon. It was so weird. Like, when that game came out, I remember walking downtown, mm-hmm. like, the day after it was released, and everybody was playing it. And that's only a minor exaggeration. Like, right. pretty much everybody that I saw walking around had it out. Um, You know, so... You and I both do um, improv comedy in LA, um, and I know that something has become like culturally relevant because I start seeing people doing scenes about it, and then then usually I'm like, oh, I have to watch the Jinx, you know, or something, so I I can be in scenes with people who are making those <laughs> references. Um, and Pokemon Go was totally one of those things. Like I remember going to a show, maybe the the day the game was released, or like the day after, maybe even just like the weekend after, and every single team had a pokemon go scene like everyone knew everyone is just like on everyone's mind everyone was doing it which is nuts you're not making the case for improv in la no (laughs) no absolutely not (laughs) no uh i don't christ that's not my job is it (laughs) heavy as the crown yep heavy as the crown how long did you play for like, cause you know, like how, yeah, maybe a week. Yeah. I was into it for a while. Like I was regularly pulling out my phone and, um, for, I would say a good month. Yeah. Um, I, I, what, I think what happened is they kind of got blindsided by, by the amount of success. Oh yeah. And they had content planned. And I don't know how quickly they were planning to release it, but if it was fairly quickly, all of that got sidetracked because they just had to keep the servers up yeah. and like keep re- releasing it in new countries and making sure that people could continue playing it because I just got sick of catching the same Pokemon over and over again. Yeah. Like I, I got so many those Pidgeys, Pidgeys, Rattatas. Yeah, yeah. And just like endlessly and you couldn't trade with people. You couldn't really do anything. So I, it was just like, Oh, okay. You know, I kind of like hit a wall mm-hmm. and uh, once I got that, and now they're like releasing more content. There's more Pokemon and stuff. But my personal, for me, they should have done this months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah, because then now it doesn't seem like you know I don't want to I don't want to be like a weird looking you know like there there was that little bit where I was um embarrassed to go outside and like play the game um but then quickly discovered that like everyone was doing it. Um, which is very cool and very welcoming. And now that that's not the case anymore, it almost doesn't matter what other features they apply to it. If I'm still, if I'm going to be the only one out there, no, you know it's, I mean? it's a top five grossing app to today to this day, right? So it still has people that are playing it. But I feel the same. Like I would almost, uh, and this says more about me than the game itself. But I would be like almost. Oh yeah, we've got all, we've got all kinds of problems. <laughs> I, I would be almost embarrassed to like take my phone out and do it now. Yeah. You know, feels like that moment is past. Yeah. 
You don't want people to be like, oh, that is so July. <laughs> I want to be hot, baby. Hot, not, baby. Not. Which is why, of course, we've been playing a lot of Super Mario Run, which <laughs> it rounds out the uh, the trifecta mm-hmm. of uh, iOS, um, Nintendo, and Nintendo-related games. Came out December 15th. We've talked about it so much. Um, and I th- <clears throat> I don't think we we know at this point what that game's impact on Nintendo is Definitely. or what it's going to be. They have said that they are exploring slash planning slash whatever to release about three a year, three mm-hmm. mobile games a year. And that makes sense to me because because they're not these games aren't services where with in-app purchases that people are going to play forever. Yeah. They do kind of have like a window where they're going to be. It's more like a traditional game. Woo. Add that to Nintendo Cartridge Society of Words that traditional <laughs> game where it has a release trajectory. It has like a release cycle, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like it's going to be hot for a while and then it will have a tail, but uh, it won't be evergreen. So yeah. they will want to release maybe three of these a year. I wonder what the third one will be because we know that Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing are in the hopper, but let's pitch on it right now. Pikmin. Oh yeah, that's a great one. Pikmin would be a would be a good one. I think you could do a Star Fox type thing. Yeah, that would be fun. Or the Kid Icarus we were just talking about. Yeah. Um. All right. So there's three more. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, Nintendo. <laughs> Our heavy heads. <laughs> uh. So let let's move on to a platform that was decidedly less successful. We we started at dizzying highs, Mark. Now let's go to depressing lows. <laughs> And of course, discuss the Wii, Wii U. U. Uh, so, for as far as like big Wii U like exclusive titles are concerned, we've got what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. Well, from there were like Nintendo, right? Yeah. Well, and consider, I mean, the the Wii U this year went from like dead to deadest. Yeah. Like there was just, and you can even kind of track the trajectory. Tra- oh. No. You should just not try this word. It's <laughs> trajectory <a> cartridge <laughs> in the Nintendo's release schedule because you have in March Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess HD, Pokemon Tournament, uh, Mini Mario and Friends Amiibo Challenge. April Fox Star Fox finally comes out, which is two games, and then a couple months, and you have Mario and Sonic the 2016 Olympics in June, and Tokyo Mirage Sessions hashtag FE. So I think it's pronounced sharp edge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I believe it is pronounced Tokyo Mirage Session Sessions <laughs> Sharp Fe. Oh, I think you're right. Regardless. Yeah. And no no no, but that's that's definitely true. Thank you for correcting me and not letting me <laughs> throughout this episode continue to say hashtag Fe. Uh and so okay, so then it's and so that's not great. You have like Three in March, mm-hmm. and then immediately like a month-long lull until April, which is okay. Then two months until Ma- Mario and Sonic at the 2016 Olympics. And, and then, then just Paper Mario Color splashed around out the year. Yeah, in October. Right. And, I mean, it should be noted that prior to Twilight Princess HD coming out, there's a three-month drought yeah. at the beginning of the year. So, and obviously at this point they were putting their resources into other things, a mm-hmm. few 3DS games, hopefully a lot of stuff for the Switch. But it's so the writing's been on the wall for the Wii U since like year two, but this was the year that it was just like 
if you're buying it now, you're doing it for, for library titles. Catalog. Yeah. And like, I do you think they sold any this holiday? <laughs> I no, I I can't imagine. Like, why 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 would a parent pick this? I mean, I do really like. It my, has great my games. Wii U. Um, and also, so this is I, I I pulled all of the releases for the year. Um, so you know it, it's kind of an exhaustive list when it comes to the the virtual console. Um, and it, it's sort of amazing to me for as little as they supported it with new stuff, they were really supporting the the virtual console. Like they they released. 24 DS games, 20 Wii games, 11 NES games, and then some other like assorted stuff, um, including a bunch of really great Game Boy Advance games. Um, uh, Metroid Fusion came out um, during the year, but 20 Wii games, 20 Wii games, Mark. I'm just saying it's a lot of. Uh, they they supported this thing, even if not um, not with new content. But even then, I would argue that that isn't that's like maybe averaging two virtual console games a week uh at okay. most which well, is no it's it's sure it, it's like, more like three yeah three but, yeah which it d- is, doesn't seem like a crazy amount to me when like you're when what you're releasing is like wild gunman the adventures of bayou billy hogan's alley a lot of these games for like the third, fourth time. Sure. You know, like it, it's, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, they are doing it, but it's hard to be like blown away. Yeah. There are great games mm-hmm. in, in here. Zack and wiki quest for Barbosa's treasure, like Resident Evil Tra- four. Um, what other great final games? fantasy tactics advanced dig dug Two, Yoshi's story, uh, phantom hourglass. Uh, like Star Tropics Two finally got on here. Like Super Mario RPG. Like there are good games in here, mm-hmm. but I, I, you know, I it's hard for me to be impressed with like three virtual console games well, a week. Yeah. So, so I guess. I, I guess, mean, yeah, I, I do think I that's where know, the support is. I, yeah, I guess I don't know what my point is about that. Other than, um, I, I think it's interesting that they continued to support the virtual library as much as they did. Um, and they really just need to get the that like eShop, get like the virtual console, I guess is what it is, all in one place that there's no like difference between one platform and another. And you know, like a lot of these games that came out for Wii U had been on just the regular Wii before. And I th- I think when it's all in one place, then you know all of this will be dumped onto there, God willing. We'll just have it all in perpetuity forever. I mean, I think, unfortunately, I think when the Switch is released, we're going to start this, like, trickle process again. Yeah. And it's not going to be like, hey, all this library that we've accumulated from the past in virtual consoles is now all on here, and we're going to add new titles to this. I think it'll be like, we're starting at square one again. And on day one, you'll be able to buy, like, Super Super Mario Mario Brothers Brothers 3 3 on the virtual console. Uh, I'd love to be wrong. I also think, um, moving on a little bit, we have a section for notable ports here. Yeah. And again, it goes to show there's five on here. Right. Five that I pulled. Yeah. And most of them are indie games. Yes. Uh, 
Mighty Number no. Nine is the one that I because you're a big Mega Man head. You bet I am. Did you get pick up Mighty Number no. Nine? I did not. The reviews are so abysmal. Yeah, that I yeah, I, and I was sort of uh, even even then holding out for like oh I'll I'll get the the 3ds version because like even if it's a bad game if I can play it on the go maybe that makes up for it. But that's been delayed indefinitely slash will never happen. So, and, th- and there's no real need to like, uh, especially since we haven't played it, to like beat up on Mighty Number no. Nine because the developers know that it was a disaster. Like it was just it yeah. was just a, a horrible experience for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but what a bummer! What 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 a bummer! Um, what one of the notable ports that I had on here f- on the Wii U is Lego Star Wars: The Force Awakens, which I do own. Um, and was a uh, really fun Lego game. Um, really good uh, cooperative, and I mean, you can play it on basically any platform, but the Wii U version is a complete version of it. So, um, I don't know, that's... The Lego games are fun. It's also interesting, like, I, um, I kind of admire that they don't feel the need for, like, feature creep. Yeah. And they're, like, pretty much every game is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But you know exactly what you're getting, and they're fun. Yeah, and they don't feel a need to be like, uh, to like madden it, where it's like, okay, well, we're doing another release this year, so like, what like feature can we come up with to like market it? It's right. Like, no, the the IP, the name, like the the stories are the right, and and the guarantee that you'll be able to play with your little cousin, you know, at the same time, something that you both like. Great. You know, it it's yeah, it's it's a reliable piece of software. Uh, you want to move on to maybe a slightly more successful story in the 3DS? Yeah. This was a good year for the 3DS. It was a good year for the 3DS. I feel like the 3DS, has, <clears throat> since it righted itself, um, has had a lot of good years. Yeah. Um, but uh, the year starts off early with a uh, Mario and Luigi game, um, the Paper Jam, which is the, the one that has uh, the Paper Mario in it. Mm-hmm. Is that right? I believe so. I think that's right. Um but that uh, in January, um, and then uh, what? what let's, let's talk through some of like the 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 bigger games that came out because it's it's something like I don't know thirty or forty fifty games that came out this year. Uh, Fire Emblem Fates. There were like the two releases: Birthright and Conquest, mm-hmm. and then Revelation a little bit later, which is sort of like the third scenario through yeah. the game. Yeah, um, I this year played through the previous fire Emblem awakening game. yeah awakening um which i loved uh so probably in 2017 i will play through uh, I mean, this Fates. is this is the it feels like between awakening and this uh release this is the time that like fire emblem breaks through mm-hmm. in the west yeah and that's absolutely. awesome mm-hmm. uh it's kind of cool that it's happening now like there was like a a wii game I think that was like yeah, a full Rev- Revenant Dawn. Yeah, which is impossible to find mm-hmm. now, and if you do, it's like incredibly expensive. But the Fire Emblem games have been pretty much great forever, and it's I don't know if it's like their popularity in Smash that like seeing these characters in Smash because I know for a lot of people it's yeah. like you see these Smash characters and you're like who yeah you know like, who's Mark <laughs> yeah the sword guy um, and the other sword guy and the other sword guy yeah. and the other sword guy uh so it's fu- it's uh it's kind of cool to see the games like having a moment i really do think and i i know that like supposedly all the fire emblem games are good um 
but Fates, nope, not true. Awakening is the first one to um have this uh like buddy system where the characters that have better relationships with each other fight better when they're uh when when they're paired next to each other, and that feeds into the relationships like in the story of the game. So there's a very it's the only game I've ever played where like the relationships like where the story and the gameplay are so married together um through the relationships that you're dictating um and just it i don't know it seems like revolutionary in that regard and i know that carries forward into um fates so i mean i i think if if you'd played any other any previous fire emblem games and thought like ah oh, there isn't quite enough here for me um or like there's no i it's cool but i don't i'm not like hooked into it magically i think f- awakenings is like that's your key and you, you'll be able to discover whether you like the series or not from there i think there's something to that because it wasn't just that awakenings was the biggest fire emblem spent is in the west like mm-hmm. it was a huge success in japan like in a way that fire emblem previously wasn't yeah and so yeah i i do think maybe that tweak to the gameplay is what has like set it apart mm-hmm. um maybe uh less successful than that in fact Definitely less successful. The uh, port of Hyrule Warriors, uh, known as Hyrule Warriors Legends, came out in March. I think these Wii U to 3DS ports are like technically super impressive that they are able to do it. Yeah. Um, apparently, this is not the best port. Like the frame rate is really poor. Yeah. Maybe better on the new 3DS. Probably but... true. Uh, yeah, and that you know the the machine just can't populate with as many enemies. And, you know, if you've ever played any of these games, these are the uh, Zelda games that are like the Dynasty Warrior series, which if I guess if you're not familiar with the Dynasty Warrior series is just you're in the middle of a battlefield and you hack and slash your way through it. Yeah, like kind of like swarms of enemies. Yeah, that's kind of the selling point is the amount of enemies that are on screen. Um, But Hyrule Warriors Legends got support uh, with DLC... um, got all the DLC from the original um, release and continues to get new DLC um, that even the Wii U version isn't getting. Do you think the 3DS version worldwide has sold better than the Wii U version? I mean, probably if just by install base. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, Let's see what else came out this year. Uh, There was a sequel to Bravely Default, um, which came out in April, Bravely Second. Oh, Uh, yeah. And there is... A new Bravely game coming to mobile. Oh, to mobile? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, does that mean we won't be getting a new Bravely game on Nintendo Switch? Handheld? Uh, Switch or, or 3DS? 3DS? It seems not, if we are not anytime soon. Interesting. Some of this makes sense to me just because mobile games are huge in Japan. Yeah. And so, yeah, like it makes sense that, they, especially that Square Enix would put their resources towards that. Here's one I want to talk about, Mark. Did you bold Pocket Card Jockey? I did, yes. We, okay. have, we have a list of games, and some of them are bolded. I bolded Pocket Card Jockey. Behind the scenes. Ooh, a peek behind the curtain. <laughs> a spooky peek, apparently. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why it was a ghost, but it was. Uh, yeah, Pocket, Pocket Card Jockey, uh, developed by Game Freak, um, is a game wherein you play solitaire to race horses. It's the dumbest, most like the 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 mechanics don't line up with what you're seeing. Uh, but I 
I spent so much time playing this game. Is it a full, uh, like a physical 3DS title, or is it on the eShop? It's on the eShop. Um, yeah, so it sets you back like seven bucks. Um, but is one of the games that I probably played more this summer. <laughs> that, I mean, like, I, I bet if you looked at my my play clock, it would be like Smash at the top, uh, Awakenings next, and then maybe Pokemon and this game. Like, it's so good. Did you know that people don't really like the 3DS version of Smash? What? Yeah, the monsters. I think it's I've uh, like I. Think I think it's, it's great. Re- I have definitely put more time into the 3DS version than the wii u version do you own the wii u version mm-hmm. oh. and it's, yeah i've it, never seen i guess we have played it i don't but, but we don't pull it out that often yeah we don't i mean not that we've uh together pulled out the 3ds version that much either yeah but we did we did i we, mean we did it at least, well, at least once <laughs> yeah we watched a movie and, <laughs> and, and played uh smash on the 3ds um man, well that would be a podcast for like two years ago <laughs> uh but but uh i I really liked Pocket Card Jockey, and it doesn't set you back anything. I feel like that's one of the great things about the eShop. Mm-hmm. And because I also on here, and this is jumping ahead a little bit, is uh, the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Spirit of Justice game. Yeah. This game would, I do not September think, 16th. Yeah, would not have gotten a release in the West if it weren't for the eShop, because it, it, it cost them less than if they had to print physical copies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm so grateful that the eShop exists. Right. Did you pick this game up? Also, it was September 8th. I was reading the wrong line. <laughs> yeah, I love Phoenix Wright. Mm-hmm. My experience with it was on the DS, mm-hmm. the trilogy, and I did. I have not played some of the um, uh, ones in the immediate, in the uh, interim. Interim, yes. <laughs> did you play the uh, the crossover with Professor Layton? No, I didn't. Uh, did that get a release here? I'm sure it, it. I'm sure it did. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's so nice to have Phoenix Wright back. It's a really good. It's a fun, um, localization, mm-hmm. as all of them are, and it's they have. It's so absurdly, because when they localize it, they like try to make it be like oh this is taking place in the west this isn't taking place in japan or like a japanese like country sure and so but it's gotten like more and more absurd to the point that they're like in on the joke now instead of before you know they were where like just the, like trying to cover it up yeah yeah where they're like doing their hardest to try to cover it up for like whatever reason and now they're just like yeah we're trying to cover it up quote like wink wink nudge nudge wink wink that's a donut not a rice ball <laughs> right yeah um and then another one Going back a little bit, in uh, June was Kirby Planet Robobot. Robobot. And I haven't picked this up, although I forgot that it came out, and I want to buy it because I love Kirby games. Oh, uh, there's a demo, or there was at any rate, when, when the game came out. And it's um, like Kirby with mechs. Yeah. Like, like, why would I not love that? You would love it. <laughs> but the thing that I find most interesting about this is, even though it wasn't released with much fanfare... Like you basically get a Kirby game a year, yeah, from How Laboratory and mm-hmm. Nintendo, and they almost consistently sell a million copies. And Nintendo, they're both of them. We're they're just happy with that success. They're you know it's like they have a solid B tier, right? You know, like low budget, like reasonable budget, one million seller the every good, year. The good enough team, yeah, yeah. And they are there, and it's not, and it's not even that the quality of the games are like 
like bad or suffer in any ways. It's just from not having like an enormous budget, mm-hmm. but it's like a level of like reasonable expectation and just being happy at selling a million copies that you don't really see from other video game companies yeah. who are more like hit driven. And it's like a million. I don't want to sell a million. I want to sell. You like, know what's cool. <laughs> I would love we could work that in every episode. Yeah. Well, going we'll get forward. There. We'll get there. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, a the- billion. <laughs> But it's like, okay, we're going to ship like 5 million of this. And if we don't sell Mm -hmm. 10 million, it's a failure and we're shutting down the studio. Right. You know, and that's such like a weird and I feel like toxic mentality. It's why games have become so uh, like uniform outside. It's like why Dead Rising 4 is the game that it is. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's take out everything that makes it made Dead Rising interesting. And let's just make it like every other open world game. Right. All games must be open world games, by the way. Yeah uh let's see what else came out this year the uh monster hunter generations came out uh, july 15th um it's on sale right now it is on sale right now 20 bucks uh i had mentioned to mark earlier hey that game's on sale you want to get it he said nah i I didn't like the demo enough to make me i i i don't think i can put the amount of time into it necessary to really like enjoy it right that's one of those very deep very deep games. I mean, I still have Dragon Quest Seven that I have. Done. Have you done any combat in the <laughs> no, game? No, I still haven't done any combat. <laughs> uh, moving on our list, uh, Metroid Prime Federation Force came out August nineteenth, five days before my birthday. Happy birthday, Patrick! <laughs> uh, boy, uh, this game didn't have a chance. No, not at all. Um, since it was revealed at E three the year previous, um, people have been mad yeah mad about the game like not just like disinterested but angry at its its existence yeah yeah i mean i don't i i picked up the there was a demo for it um where you could play the like the sport game that's in there um it's called something ball (laughs) like like most sports it's called something ball morph ball maybe blast ball i'd buy that okay (laughs) uh and like it's fine, it works. Like the controls work, but you know, is overall a, a uncompelling. Yeah, like I am was not excited for this game, mm-hmm. but I was not expecting to be excited for it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, uh, I have low Metroid expectations. Uh, at it, this point, it's it's interesting that like this is an example of Nintendo using a, a property in an unexpected way. And it just not working out for them at all. Um, just, just not at all. Like, I understand if they didn't put the Metroid name on it, that like no one would have thought about it twice. But like, if you don't put the Metroid name on it, then maybe it stands a chance. I, I, I don't yeah. even know. I, I, I and I, I understand that like the vocal negativity is probably like the reason we're even commenting on it is because it is so vocal yeah and that it doesn't necessarily represent because i think most people felt the way you and i did were indifference yeah but the anger was so like the only discussion around the game Mm -hmm. for the most part was anger right that it just felt it's i i sometimes feel like these people when people get so angry about stuff like this it's it's okay for a game to not be for you yeah you know it's okay for a game to even if it is like a metroid game 
and you love Metroid and you want more Metroid, right? It's okay for a game to not be for you. This doesn't ruin your experience of the first three Metroid Prime games. If that were possible, they would have been destroyed by Metroid Prime Hunters. Like, <laughs> it already would have happened, Yeah, you know? Uh, also, if this game were on sale for $20, I think I would pick it up. Really? Yeah, well, because I'm interested in it. Um, and I've, from most of what I've read, like, the game isn't so much terrible as it is just not great. Yeah, the reviews are worse. Uh, as far as I have seen and read, were solid. Very middling. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like, they were not, um, like, if you, they were not, like, in love with it. Right. But it was, like, a solid, like, seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And you could do way worse than that. Yeah. Absolutely. You could. Uh, m- moving down our list, we mentioned Phoenix Wright. We've also mentioned Dragon Quest. Uh, seven. Shin Megami Tensei. Mm-hmm. Uh, four. Apocalypse was out. Have you played any of the Shin Megami Tensei no, games? I am totally, totally in the dark on the Shin Megami Tensei games. I uh, have and you played the any Persona, Persona games? Yeah, I'm totally, totally in the dark. It'd be so cool if there was a Persona Five Switch port. Yeah, I would love that. Probably not going to happen. But... Probably not going to happen. Atlas is on there though, right? Atlas is on one of those developers. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's because of a, a game like this that'll. Or uh, the next uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp E. Maybe it F-E. will be hashtag F-E this time. <laughs> yeah, it will be hashtag. <laughs> no, maybe it'll be pound F-E. <laughs> Just to spite me. Uh, but I, I wish I had more time to play RPGs. Because, yeah. you know, like, I would love to dig into Shimigami Tensei 4. I, uh, again, like, you know, I still have dragon quest 7 i'm going to buy dragon quest 8 even though i don't know like i will be dead before i have the opportunity to play it but i really want more dragon quest coming to the west and so and i think i would like to play those bravely games default yeah yeah, they're supposed to be good but is but i just don't even like 40 hours you know which is like uh decent for an rpg it's like i don't know what i'm gonna find 40 hours to play anything but roller coaster tycoon class <laughs> that's right <laughs> which i because I, I have put in like work days into that game so far i don't know where i'm gonna find 40 hours to do anything other than play super mario run <laughs> uh you, uh even like yokai watch 2 yeah that came out and if i had more time i would pick it because i would pick it up because i liked i thought the demo September was 30th. cute i thought the demo was cute mm-hmm. i would be interested in actually experiencing one of those games but yeah. just as like far as priorities go i just don't have the time hey how do you think that game did in in the west uh mid lane okay like they there's a anime on yes disney on xd isn't there wasn't also the movie available on netflix yeah or yeah. something like that and it's uh yeah i it never caught on here like you know it is it do you think it's just too japanese because it is similar to Pokemon, but like more culturally uh, Japanese, right? Like it takes place in Japan, kind yeah. of unapologetically. Like they don't change the name of the the region to make it more of like a fantasy land or anything. Yeah, I I also just think like I don't know. I don't know. If there's any particular reason why something like hits really big and yeah, fair enough. Because it's uh, it's and it is the third game was recently released in Japan. And has significantly cratered from where mm. two did, and so I think even though the Yokai Watch movie was like number one mm-hmm. uh, for the weekend it was released, but so I think 
like so many of these um level five developed games they hit for a little while and then they die out as fast as they came and then they will hope for their next game their next franchise to like hit as big um so i would be surprised if we get three over here fair enough i mean yeah i guess that that wouldn't bother me at all as uh as you mentioned we tried the demo and it's cute and all but you know again what a 40 yeah hour, it's something 40 I, hour rpg it would, it's something i would have if like i still need to finish pokemon sun and like moon and as i do i yeah you know it's just uh it's so far down on the priority list right uh there was also a harvest moon game that came to um the 3ds november 8th harvest moon skytree village and this one is moving away from what harvest moon has traditionally been um, right. This is more of like a, 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 a fantasy RPG, basically. And what I'm really excited Another for... Another RPG. <laughs> what I'm really excited for is uh, I, Stardew Valley. Oh, yeah. Which is like a Western-developed homage, basically, to the Super Nintendo... Yeah, the OG Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon yeah. And uh, will be coming to the Switch... And I'm excited for that. It's okay. available now on Xbox and PS4, and I might pick it up on the PS4. Mm-hmm. That's uh, re- recently the the console versions of it. Yeah, I yeah. believe so. And uh, man, it looks so good. Yeah, it, it looks, looks like everything I want out of a mm-hmm. Harvest Moon game. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of want to pick it up and play it on the PS4, and then I would imagine I would double dip on the Switch, but. Uh, we mentioned it already. Uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon came out in November, November 18. Obviously a huge day for Nintendo, big day for Pokemon. Um, the game has driven 3DS sales um, and it is part of the Pokemon renaissance that Go kicked off um, and is a good game to boot. So um, what a fun surprise that is. <laughs> not, yeah. not just something people are crazy about. Also a good game. And anecdotally, I have a friend who picked up a... He actually bought his copy of Sun before he was able to find a 3DS. That makes sense to because me. Because he, he was like asking me if it was worth getting. And I think it's just because, you know, for, maybe because it is Pokemon Go, but it seems to be bringing people back who haven't played a Pokemon game for a really long time. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I mean, I yeah, I, again, think it... it helps tremendously that it is also just a really good game you know like it it has a a more engaging story the designs are great uh everything about it yeah everything about it is good i think we've talked about in the past how when these companies when remakes of old games are done well Mm -hmm. like uh dragon quest 7 is an example of this they the developers of dragon quest 7 the remake talked a lot about how when they were making the game, when they were remaking the game, they wanted to make it the game that you remembered, not the game that it that it actually actually was. is, because mm-hmm. you know the mechanics of these older games are old and they haven't necessarily aged well. Right. And I th- remaking these games when they're done well is they don't just change for change's sake. The mechanics that you remember are there, but maybe streamlined like in ways that you don't notice. Which Pokemon definitely is. Yeah, and that's yeah. how I feel like Pokemon Sun and Moon is, where it's like a good remake of an old Pokemon game because it feels familiar, mm-hmm. but at the same, but it's uh, 
mechanically nicer yeah. than any well, Pokemon game that's come before. And even like the uh, the like aesthetic and like design stuff that is familiar, like with the Alolan forms of the old Pokemon, that you're like, oh, I remember, I remember the Grimer from before, but now he's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. He's like a little Rainbow Grimer. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Muck. Whichever the evolved version of it has like lots of rainbow like stripes in it. Anyway, December 2nd, uh, this falls under the category of uh, Wii U games that are being that are remade for the 3DS. Uh, Super Mario Maker for the 3DS came out. I think this is another one that will probably end up selling more than the Wii U version does. Mm-hmm. Again, just purely on install base. Like in Japan, it's uh, well on its way to being like a potentially a million seller. Perfect. Uh, I would, man, I really hope they put this game on the switch. It feels inevitable. It does feel inevitable. Um, uh, and then ra- rounding out the year, uh, animal crossing new leaf, the welcome amiibo, the retail package that came out just a couple weeks ago. Um, Mark, other things that were happening on the three DS. Um, we got these, Super Nintendo games. We sure did. Now, they are only on the new 3DS. That's an important caveat uh, because it's I I love the Super Nintendo. It's one of my favorite systems ever. Maybe just is my favorite system ever. Um, and you know, I I had decided I was going to be a day one adopter of the 3DS anyway. Uh, but when they announced that Super Nintendo games were coming, I was like, yes, absolutely. That can that justifies my purchase for the for the new 3ds Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i was like it justifies the purchase of the new 3ds entirely um so over the course of the year they released 29 super nintendo games and see that to me is like that's the virtual console that's exciting to me is seeing these super nintendo games yeah yeah and that's starting that's starting in march uh they hadn't done any before march and it's all like it's Mostly the games that you want to see: um, Super Mario World, Pilot Wings, F Zero, Super Mario Kart, Earthbound, um, all three Donkey Kong Country games, Punch Out, Super Punch Out. That is, um, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first official re-release of Earthbound, right? Like, no, in- it came out on the Wii U, I think, last year sometime. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, I, I think you you were leaning into uh, maybe the idea that Mother Three. There's persistent rumors <laughs> that Mother Three will see a Western release. Yeah, but for the last like 15 years, there have been persistent rumors. About yes, Mother Three. <laughs> Very true. But it would be great. I would I would love to see that Earthbound, of course, being the second game in the Mother series. Mother Three being a legendary uh, Game Boy Advance uh, game that came out in Japan, never came out in the west um and that people fans have been clamoring for forever so man that would be great i i I don't expect it but but yeah so many good games on this super nintendo man i just love the super nintendo (laughs) yeah me too uh and it's not all uh nintendo developed games Mm -hmm. uh there are a few capcom games in here street fighter like the street fighter alpha 2 um do, do, do mega do man know, x mega man x2 and x3 the breath of fire games do you know what the legend of the mystical ninja is yeah uh i do i it's like a little side scrolly uh you play as like a kind of chibi ninja is it a guy. capcom game i don't think it's capcom i don't know i don't know much about it off the top of my head um 
But what I want to, what I would want to see more than anything would be Square Games. Um, man, get get give me Final Fantasy two and three and Chrono Trigger. Yeah, Secret of Mana. Oh yeah, and Evermore. Yeah, these are all games I have on my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> are you just looking at yourself and reading down the list? <laughs> I could be. Uh, and then one more uh, outrageous thing to happen, and maybe this also feeds into the Pokemania. Um, on February 27th, the original Pokemon Red, Blue, and Gold. Yellow? I was going to say Gold. <laughs> Different generation. Red, Blue, and Yellow all came out on the uh, eShop for the... 3ds and you've corrected me on this once before but once pokemon bank is released yes you will be able to take these first generation characters into sun and moon right that is correct yeah that's crazy which is super cool so yeah that and uh, that that was announced at at the time that the that the the game came out so if people wanted to start leveling up their you know Moltres or whatever, um, they can bring it on into uh, Sun and Moon, which is super exciting. Uh, all right, um, mo- more stuff. Let, uh, just the the year more generally. That that NX mark. Oh man. Oh man. So in April, it was announced that Zelda Wii U was delayed to 2017. Right. And this and- is wait. Do we need to clarify? I I'm saying NX because that's what we knew it as at the time yeah 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 it eventually became the switch nx right. was the code name that we knew the switch under right until october right um and so zelda wii u which at that point had no title was going was delayed to 2017 and would be released simultaneously on nx uh which people including myself interpreted that it would be a launch title on nx the right. current rumor is that that is not true uh, also in April, we learned that NX would be launching in March 2017, not fall 2016, as was previously believed. Yeah, well, I mean, we were getting just closer and closer and closer to it, um, to like the assumed uh, release date, and like had no information about what this thing was or even what it was called. Well, so. the expectation was that it, we were going to get a big blowout at E3. And I believe that was a Nintendo's original plan, but then they also announced that E3 was going to be ex- Nintendo's booth would be exclusively uh, the Legend Zelda, of Zelda, yeah. which eventually was revealed to be Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. And to tell you, like, you know, if you need any proof that Zelda is beloved by all video gamers, that was the hot ticket at E3. Yeah, I wasn't able to do the demo; it was impossible to get because as soon as the doors open, people ran. <laughs> to get like grown adults right you know like in suits like running pushing each other over <laughs> to trampling their to get man. in line to try to get a reservation time to play this demo it won like a bunch of game of the uh game of the show awards at e3 mm-hmm. i think you know it is gonna be really big uh it's very interesting to me that obviously we will see what the switch lineup uh is going to be um but like nintendo must have had some of these other titles like ready to show at that point right yeah like the this mario game which is you know rumored to be ready now uh you think they could have showed that yeah no i think e3 was going was originally planned to be the big reveal that Mm -hmm. basically we're going to be getting in january was supposed to happen at e3 but then the uh nx got delayed for software reasons according to nintendo 
because um, they wanted to have software available. They wanted to have a, a robust lineup. A steady, mm-hmm. a steady stream. And so uh, all of that got delayed. And so we got a all Zelda all the time E3. And then, but one month later after E3 in July, Eurogamer dropped the NX bomb. They were like, it's like kind of a hybrid system with detachable controllers. And this set off, you know, war of Eurogamer's completely wrong, Eurogamer's right, people not believing it. <laughs> and we had nothing to go on after it that. It was a crisis of faith. <laughs> and we weren't around at the time. No. So, I mean, you and there I There was nobody to look to. We didn't exist. No. Mark didn't exist. Mm-hmm. I didn't exist. We were formed from the cries of Nintendo fans. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like the uh, Velociraptor baby poking out of the egg yes, w- in push, Jurassic Park. Push, little push. Push. Um, so yeah, they, that was in July and then they were like, it's going to be, uh, revealed in September and then September came and went and everybody got restless. Right. And then one day in October, like the 19th out of nowhere, Nintendo's like, okay, no, we got something. Yeah. Hey, hey. So they just like on Twitter. Yeah. They put out this image of Mario behind what looks like a hospital curtain and it's like join us it was like a wednesday and it's like join us friday right for a sneak peek at what's next or something like that right and mario's looking like a real or for creep- like a peek behind the real curtain or something like that oh yeah nintendo oh yeah uh if it wasn't the switch reveal it would have been made a much bigger deal of how bad that image yeah, like, was look out for that mario <laughs> do not trust that mario <laughs> So, like, at 7 o'clock in the morning on that Friday, on October 20th, I think it was a Friday, they, maybe it was a Thursday. Maybe it was a Thursday. They released this video on YouTube. Right. And we did an entire episode (laughs) talking about these three minutes of video. Breaking it down, scene by scene. Go back and check that episode out. Then there's the Switch. Right. No longer the NX. Mm -hmm. Some people were really excited. Some people were disappointed that the Eurogamer rumor turned out to be pretty much 100% correct. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, and, and generally right now that uh, people are at excited. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, Mark, what else happened this year? Earlier in the year, I think also in July, they announced the NES Classic Edition. Oh, yeah. And then... And then it came out in uh, November, November. And... They impossible to get made fewer than 200,000 of them and they all sold immediately still impossible to get mm-hmm. more than a month later i'm like we talked about before i'm hoping now that the holidays are coming to a close there will at least be like one more run of them yeah i mean come on there are five more nights of hanukkah we can we can get one for one of for one <laughs> of those nights of hanukkah right mhm uh yeah a a, a weird um, obviously a uh, sought-after mach- machine and um, just a, a failure to execute on uh, a- actually pulling it off. Mark, that was the year for Nintendo, right? Let's take a little break from talking about the year uh, with, a, with, a, with a 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. 
for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, the, the ensemble here is going to tune their instruments before performing um, 433, which is cute. Uh, so let's just, we'll just talk over that, Mark. <laughs> uh, today, I, I, I want to talk about chain restaurants. Oh, man, I love chain restaurants. What uh, Do you have a current favorite chain restaurant? I think my heart will always belong to Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> That's a country song, right? <laughs> uh, why Outback Steakhouse? So... Like we ate it when we went out to eat as a family, mm-hmm. like growing up, we went to chain restaurants because that's what was around in suburb, you know, in suburbia. Right. And this is the applause at the beginning. We can keep going. I've always loved steak. Uh-huh. And I love, yeah, Outback Steakhouse was always my favorite. I like the spices. I like the Aussie fries, I like their little spicy ranch dressing. Mm. Do you know that when uh, like Australians and Chinese people and basically everybody is making fun of Americans? For like what we eat, it's always ranch dressing. It's like we want more ranch dressing. Give me that ranch dressing. Well, it's not a thing in other cultures. Just you, you mean that no one else is like, give me that liquid cheese. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah. I mean, I can, I can see that. I can see that as a thing worthy of making fun. All that, all that to say that I love the spicy ranch dressing they have at Outback Steakhouse. (laughs) Give me a blooming onion. Are you kidding? Ugh, I don't even like onions, but deep fried, and I'll eat it. Well, I mean, deep fry anything, and it's delicious, right? <laughs> I uh, so a, a couple of years ago, I stopped eating meat, and it has become so difficult to eat at chain restaurants. Yeah, I don't know what you then. do. I mean, I have a lot of like weird salads. <laughs> um, I also will allow myself fish um, from time to time, and usually that's what happens at a, at a chain restaurants. We were at a um, TGI Fridays. Well, uh, o- over the holidays, and I had like a, a glazed salmon, and with it came with two sides. So I chose mashed potatoes and broccoli, um, and the broccoli was literally two giant pieces of broccoli <laughs> <laughs> that had been lightly steamed. Um, it was very strange and confusing to eat. What did you have, did you eat at chain restaurants as a kid? Yeah, absolutely. What I was mean, your favorite as a child? Dude, I went through a, I guess not as a child, but as a like young adult, mm-hmm. um, like from sixteen to eighteen, loved Applebee's. I feel like Applebee's used to be better than it is now. Maybe I think all of these chains used to be better than they are now. Yeah. Um, when in in college, uh, I loved Red Robin. Um, and the last time I went to a Red Robin, what while still eating meat, um, was very disappointed in it like the burger wasn't good and i thought the fries were bad and um but like in college i loved it uh my boyfriend is from china and so he has not eaten at a lot of these chain restaurants right are you introducing him to Uh, oh yeah i'm making it like my like so he'll be like oh how is we'll like see a commercial or see it on the road or something he'll be like oh how is red lobster and i'll be like oh it's like it's okay but we should or I'll be like, oh, we should go there. You've never eaten there? We should go there. And he's like, is it good? And I'm like, not really. Not really. But, but we, you have to experience it. Uh, so I, um, I, I listen to the Doughboys podcast, mm-hmm. one of my favorite podcasts, where they review chain restaurants uh, week to week. It's very funny. Um, and they did 
for the month of October, they did a promotion called Rock Lobster Fest, um, where where they uh, just went to uh, Red Lobster for four or five weeks in a row. Um, and that drove me to go to Red Lobster for the very first time uh, at the end of October. And uh, it's, I mean, actually, it's pretty tasty. I feel like living in LA, we have to go out of our way to find a chain restaurant. Yeah. You have to drive mm-hmm. to like the Valley or, you know, someplace like that. Um, yeah. And, sometimes even weirder places. Yes. Like, so it's easy for us to like look down on chain restaurants. You bet. But I, I, I love them. Like I will make the trip to Burbank to go to Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> you, uh, you mentioned um, the Sizzler. Earlier. Oh, yeah. There's a Sizzler. Yeah. Yeah. Real close to my house. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only ever been to a Sizzler in Hawaii when I lived there. Probably more expensive. I've, it probably was. Probably didn't have endless shrimp. Do they normally have endless shrimp? No, but like, you know how like at, like, <laughs> at, at Red Lobster, they have those like endless like shrimp and promotions, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's like not available in Hawaii or Alaska. Oh, I see Although what you're saying. it seems like they should be available in Hawaii. Because it's closer to the to the shrimp. Look, we we shouldn't talk about the shrimp trade around the world. It's too depressing. <laughs> Is it really? Oh yeah, because the the people who like harvest shrimp are ef- effectively shrimp slaves. Like, oh, that's it's a, a sad it's a term. Really, yeah, it's a a really dark state of affairs. I don't and, eat shrimp, so I feel morally superior. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that you and I on our Nintendo podcast, we are not equipped to discuss <laughs> the economic uh, conditions that uh, drive people into shrimp slavery. Uh, but Sizzler in Hawaii? Uh, yeah. Also, Ruby Tuesdays. I ate at that a lot. I don't Hawaii. know that I've ever eaten at a Ruby Tuesdays. They've got a nice salad bar. Hmm. Still to this day? I don't know. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's not really one in, around here. I mean, not that I know of. There, there probably is one somewhere. Um, and there were none around, like growing up, or, or... yeah, no. I, I was. It really wasn't until um, Hawaii that I don't know why I had such a hard time like finding food in Hawaii. I don't really know why. We count Cheesecake Factory as a chain restaurant, right? Absolutely love Cheesecake Factory. I've only been to one in my life. I feel like Cheesecake Factory is the great. Like everybody can find something they enjoy there. Right. I think even you could enjoy Cheesecake Factory. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> no, I... I... <laughs> Wait a minute. Which one of us is the negative one that doesn't like anything? When it comes to chain restaurants, I, it's probably me. <laughs> I, I pretty much enjoy all of my visits. Uh, all right. Um, thank you. We were accompanied by the GVSU New Music Ensemble. Uh, and I don't know who I was thanking in that one. That is the end of 433. Do you think... Sorry? (laughs) Do I think what? I was just going to say, do you think 433s happen when they're like, when ensembles or whatever, like, I don't really want to prepare something or like, oh, this is a fun one. I mean, I I think the, this is a fun one. I think that that's got to be it. So they don't pull it out at the fundraisers or they do like, for a good laugh. I, I don't know. I mean, if you're doing it as a joke, I feel like you're. I feel like it's not a good joke. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do you, uh, yeah. Yes. All right. And that was the long transition music. Mark, we're falling apart here. <laughs>
I, I I wanted to spend just a little bit of time here at the end of the show. Um, we're not we're not going to do a uh, a a reader listener uh, question this week. But if you do have questions, please by all means submit them to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail dot com. Any old thing, we'll talk about it. Um, let's talk a little bit about what Nintendo don't this year. Um, Nintendo don't. Uh, obviously, an old Sega marketing slogan. Uh, Sega does what Nintendo don't. Um, what kind of experiences uh, were gamers having this year that they weren't able to have on Nintendo platforms? Well, the one that kind of launched our like the impetus to do this segment was Uncharted Four. Yeah, so Uncharted Four, a great game, focused really heavily on narrative and like high production value. Yeah, I mean, it's a game that a lot of it just plays itself. Mm-hmm. You're really just going for the experience and to hang out with the characters and to occasionally have to do like a stealth section. Right. Or like push X right. so he to doesn't fall off a cliff. Press X to keep jumping. Yes. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I think there's... For as much as like, you know, we're using Uncharted as an example, I feel like Uncharted is just like a, an example of those sort of narratives done really well. Um, but like the narrative aspect of uh, a lot of games have been like their their big selling points this year like Titanfall 2 has a a campaign that people are crazy about this year um obviously like the setting and storytelling in um the World War 1 game oh Battlefield Battlefield 1 um is uh, like a, a big part of that uh something like was Firewatch this year or Firewatch last year I think it was this year all of these games are um, like so focused on like presentation and on conveying a story in a cinematic way, and we're just not seeing that at all on Nintendo. And that is, of course, by design, because Nintendo comes up with the gameplay mechanic first, mm-hmm. and then figures out a game around it. Right, and and then they like patchwork a story in. Right, because like maybe it needs it. Yeah, or that's like the expectation. Yeah, uh, Miyamoto doesn't care about story in games. Games right. are about playing them and having like fun with the unique mechanic that they've come up with for this game, not about telling a compelling narrative. Which I generally agree with, but I also don't want to live in a world where I can't play narratively satisfying games. Yeah. Which I understand no one is asking me to do. <laughs> but like on a Nintendo console, I don't yeah. know that that's possible. And and when they try, it's usually a disaster, right? Mm-hmm. Like Metroid Other M. Great example. Of uh, the storytelling that just like doesn't hold up to scrutiny a- at all. And I, I don't know if it's just because like that's not where their priorities lie or if like when they, when they localize stuff, it's still like that they're... They're just not like following through on that all the way. But or? I believe, but I don't think it's. I feel like the difference between Uncharted Four and these other games we're discussing, because Nintendo can tell great stories. Like uh, all the Paper Mario games are yeah. very charming. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and they have fun stories. But it's it's a, a there's a difference between that sort of storytelling and what Uncharted Four is, and those type or like those types of games. Those don't yeah. exist on Nintendo platforms, and I do think that they will not. C- at least at this point, they're not going to come from Nintendo because that is not what Nintendo is designed to do. That is not what they value. Right, right. And so it will have to come from third parties if it's going to happen. Right. 
Um, for now. For, right. For I now. mean, Miyamoto has talked about how he recently on this like Super Mario Run press junket that he was not, he's not really deeply involved in development of any of the Switch games. He is really, he's involved with like hands on with the universal theme parks mm-hmm. and he was hands on with, with the Run. mobile yeah. stuff. But the younger generation, the Splatoon generation, is taking lead on Switch. And so maybe eventually we will see these types of narrative-driven games from... I mean, are we really seeing these narrative-driven games from Japanese studios at all? Well, I think that's the real thing, is that like a lot of the narrative-driven stuff is coming out of um, the, the West. Uh, and, and even out of um, uh, Europe as well. Uh, like The Witcher and like Ubisoft... Um, that a, a lot of that with that that's like where rise of, that's of the tomb raider from. yeah that too um yeah that's all very interesting and it's just weird that it, it like nintendo has never really grabbed on to it um a, another um like trend that we uh, were able to identify is the sort of like online uh multiplayer shooter style game like Overwatch obviously was huge this year, right? Yeah, and Overwatch seems like a great fit for a Nintendo plat, like for the Nintendo audience. Absolutely. I mean, the all, all those characters are so like graphically satisfying, and um, like the game is just fun and fast and easy for anybody to pick up because yeah. you can find a player, like a character that fits your playing style, and a lot of them are very forgiving. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to be super great at aiming, you know, or if you right. just want to like hang back and heal, or if you you know, like you have a huge gun, but it auto aims or it just sprays, so you don't have to worry about like being precise shooter. Right, and there are even some like melee characters in there that like you just need to get up close, and then you can take someone down with a sword or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's like Splatoon is so close to that, um, but like Overwatch is definitely a better game than Splatoon because um, you know Overwatch has like twenty unique characters that are all interesting to look at and interesting to play for all different reasons. And there are no characters in Splatoon. It'll be interesting to see where Splatoon goes. I agree. Uh, Even the Switch version, whatever it ends up being, looks like it already has more character customization. Mm -hmm. But again, Overwatch is not about customization. No. It's about like balanced characters with very unique abilities. Yeah, it's about inhabiting these like well-developed characters. And like... I, I, like it doesn't have a story necessarily there's like a lot of implied story there aren't like cinematics um but like it implies a a richer deeper world than like any nintendo game is really going to offer like outside of zelda you know yeah i and i feel like if any game is going and so like with this topic in general like nintendo don't right Nintendo don't not doing something or doing something. Uh but like what? <laughs> but with this top it's like I don't I don't even know if we're necessarily saying that we want Nintendo to do these things. Like Nintendo specifically. I think yeah. it would be great to see these uh on Nintendo available on Nintendo platforms. Sure. But I don't know that I want Nintendo to make an Overwatch. Or I don't know that I want Nintendo to make although Overwatch is the one that I'm like can point to and be like, yeah, this makes sense to me is something yeah, Nintendo as a Nintendo E game. Uh but like I don't know that I want Nintendo to attempt a Uncharted 4. It just doesn't seem in their DNA. That doesn't mean that they shouldn't 
push themselves to do new and interesting things. But Star Tropics three. Star Tropics three. <laughs> Press X to hang on to, to the keep cliff. climbing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, and you know, it's that's the the luxury we have of you know that we live in a world where you don't have to just play Nintendo games, right? Um, because what a crazy world that would be. I mean, one trend that I am not excited mm. that I don't want Nintendo. Like I'm not eager for Nintendo fo- to follow as these mid-cycle upgrades that Sony and Microsoft are doing with consoles. With yeah, with like there's the Pro that came out, and then Scorpio that's coming out next year. Mm-hmm. Scorpio is apparently like a really big leap in a way that the Pro uh, like doesn't look like that big of a difference in hindsight. Yeah, and I don't know. I I at this point am not in love with this idea of of having to buy new hardware every couple of years. Yeah, cuz part of the appeal of the console was like, oh, I'm going to purchase this and for like 5 years I will this like is this will be, be my jam. Yeah, yeah, that's uh I mean I I I do sort of expect that we'll we'll see a switch revision at some point. Um do you think it'll be more powerful or just like thinner? That's a good question. Better battery. Uh, I mean, maybe all of it. I, I I would be willing to believe that it could be more powerful. Like that, if it they do a new switch, if it's cheap enough, I think that's reasonable, mm, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like to ask people to spend two hundred dollars every three years seems more reasonable to me than being like, you just you spent four hundred. Okay, well, we're asking you to do that again. Here's the other thing about it is that. The Switch seems like the kind of thing that you could have one in your household, and then when a revision of it comes out two or three years later, you could buy a second one and just keep both of them around the house. Yeah. In fact, Nintendo should do that. It'd be cool if the cradle (laughs) could fit the revision. (laughs) (laughs) No, could fit the revision. So it was like, you only need that one cradle. Yeah. And then the revisions will just like slot, slot in, in there. there. I mean, it's supposed to it, like not have uh, actual guts in it. Like, yeah, but if just... they made it like, if they made the oh, unit thinner and stuff, right. it probably, you know, like wouldn't necessarily. Um, also, but speaking like with that idea of being able to have it everywhere, uh, the other thing Sony and Microsoft have done and what Nintendo kind of tried with like Wii TV or whatever it was called, is this idea of your game console as the center of your home media center. Yeah. You know, like, you can... Uh, everything is available on your Xbox. It's basically like an Apple TV. Yeah. You know, or Roku. And uh, same with, like, the PS4. Like, you don't really need anything else except a cable box and with PlayStation View. Potentially, you don't even need that. And uh, Nintendo mm-hmm. hasn't done that. Uh, yeah, like, Netflix is available on it. But it's not a good experience. It's not a great experience. And again, like I don't know that I need Nintendo to try to replicate the features of a tablet. I don't know that I want that. I think I would rather them put their focus into what they're good at, which is not operating system design. Yeah. No, they are not. They are not good at that. <laughs> That's my big hope for the Switch. Uh, you they, know, on top of like everything else, mm-hmm. but is just that like the it's fast and 
like make sense to use in a way that none of, maybe the 3ds has come closest not on the fast but on like it's at least like a little bit more intuitive yeah um so that that brings up an interesting point is there anything that we've seen on like not not from the other console developers but like on the indie scene or uh on like phone games or whatever that um nintendo's not doing like an experience that i mean it's a little bit different now that uh nintendo is in the phone market um but obviously like the uh like free to play and like pay to win style games that's something that nintendo's not doing um that obviously like the clash of whatever games um are are taking advantage of Uh, you know it's it's nothing we'd like to see nintendo do but that seems like a, a big part of gaming at the moment well they've tried before like the uh rusty's baseball shop or whatever was rusty's a very, real deal baseball right rusty's real deal baseball was a very nintendo way of exploring uh in-app purchases yeah i guess that that is also true of the um the the claw machine game whatever it's called nintendo badge arcade and there was a uh i think on 3ds like a uh pokemon like bejeweled type game yes right or something that had a cooldown timer and you had to yes uh like it had in-app purchases as well it was on 3ds and on phones oh okay um i forget what it's called but so it's like so they've experimented with this stuff mm-hmm. and uh real deal baseball was the most nintendo way to deal with in-app because you could haggle with it <laughs> yeah <right>? exactly <laughs> you know like, and so you know they, they've definitely tested the waters i um no i'm not like particularly excited to see them do any of that again what i would love to see on the switch is and what seems to be happening if they uh because they're supporting the switch will be supported officially by it seems like a lot of the game engines that indie developers develop on yeah and you know again like you know nintendo's not going to make a stardew valley they it's just not in their radar right but having those indie developers be have access to switch and want to develop on switch yeah i would love to see you know more of those types of indie games that haven't always made it to the wii u um showing up on switch i want to see that owl boy on oh yeah that'd be great that game looks so good uh all right that was uh that was our year in review episode um so that is going to do it for this episode remember you should follow us on twitter which is just at nincart society uh, or check out the facebook page which is nintendo cartridge oh boy <laughs> no, nintendo cartridge <laughs> society yeah I'm being consistent <laughs> here um if you have a second uh we would love for you to uh subscribe to us rate and review um we're still working on a contest it's gonna happen it's gonna happen uh if give us a, a a review and then let us know that you did it um you'll be entered into our contest to win something cool mm-hmm. mark like what do you do you think people would want a nes cl- like classic edition if we can get one after the holidays or do you think after the holidays they won't care no i think i think people will want them forever in perpetuity for forever great well like that's what i'm planning if i can if i can get one uh great um and uh if you uh send us a question you are also entered to uh to to win in yeah this and if you send me switch spoilers you will also be in this contest to win we're less than a month away from the release of split so if someone sends you spoilers after split comes out no 
No, has to be before, and it has to be. I will put this further filter on it. Has to be at least a week before. Okay, at least a week before, and the spoiler has to include the big twist. Oh, that's the only spoiler I'm interested. In. Okay, or you don't want to be spoiled about like. I mean, you can, okay. but I don't care. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, if you like hearing Mark and mine's opinions about stuff, we uh, review comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8-Bit Betty. You can find more of 8-Bit Betty's music on 8bitbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, don't trust that Mario. And thanks for listening. Coaster Tycoon Classic. That's a creative podcast network.